Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, I want you two to actually be worth something to me. So. Oh. <laughs> First of all, Brad, your, your, highest, your highest value free agent was on a different blog podcast. Not once, but twice in the last two days. So should, you should tone it down a little bit, buddy. <laughs> he's the yeah. silence. He's water when you called yourself the highest free agent. <laughs> that was <laughs> I literally gonna, choking on my water because of that. He's gonna Calvin Benjamin you to the falcoholic. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Wow. One last thing. valuable free agent. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 4th and Short Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. I'm joined, as usual, by Brad and John. Today, we are joined by the beautiful and wonderful Miss Jenna Thomas. How are you guys doing today? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. John, you son of a bitch. John, that worked better than I thought it was going to. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my So, God. hey, guys, how you doing? I'm, uh, wow, that was great. Uh, this is a great show, guys. I'm, I'm signing off. <laughs> great, great, great preview of the Panthers versus Falcons. Good luck, Gina, to your Falcons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That, that that was pretty clever. I'll give it to you. We've oh, been yeah. setting that up for like three weeks, bro. That's why we stopped interrupting you. Yeah. Because John, John texted me like three weeks ago and said, hey, stop interrupting him so we can do this. Mm-hmm. And it was it was Amanda's idea. She's like, I shouldn't, I should like pretend I'm Brian and introduce the show one time. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, what did what you just say? What, she didn't say a word. It was the TV. I heard the word douche. I no, it was that. the TV. It was the TV. It was the cat. The dog. Uh, They're fighting. <laughs> okay. Then they're throwing <laughs> the word douche out. Okay. Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, that was, that was, that was a solid <laughs> intro. Um, <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for listening to us laugh for a minute and a half to start the show. Yeah. I know that's what you're tuning in for. We're not taking any of that out, by the way. If you're oh, listening no. to this tomorrow or today, whatever it is. Well, obviously, they. well, yeah. They now, thanks for telling them after they've already heard it. 
<laughs> if you, if you, if you, yeah, okay. We'll take that part out. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I've never, no, I've beeped out, I've done one piece of post-production, no, two pieces of post-production since we've done this show. I fixed the part where my mic cut out for a minute, and I spliced it together so you couldn't tell, and I beeped out a word that Brian said. <laughs> I'm glad I have alcohol right now. All right. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So he, this is the most shook Brian has been from a, an intro steal. It yeah. Started this. Usually we just both start talking about some bullshit at the same time. We haven't gone this far. <laughs> All right. So um. Anyway, that that was a, that was an adequate intro. So I'll just jump right into it. Um, <laughs> So, obviously, yes, Gina is from the Falcoholic, a friend of mine on the show. I've been on their show several times, and we had her on for the first time tonight. Um, so, yeah, Gina, how you doing? I'm doing great. Well, I also have alcohol, so I'm doing exceptionally well. It's a party tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... I'm drinking water, so. <laughs> yeah, I heard you almost choke on it earlier, so that was good. Um, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, I guess we'll start with Gina. So tell us a little bit about the uh, most recent win by the Falcons. Now they went out, they, they ended up beating the Jets, but that was obviously a little bit shocking that they that it was difficult to beat them, but they've been a very underrated team. So tell us a little bit about that game. Yeah, it was nice to see the Falcons actually win after dropping three straight. You know, I think that all of us were sort of having flashbacks to uh, 2015 Dan. Dan Quinn's first year as head coach where they, you know, started off really strong, six and one starts and they dropped six in a row and it was awful. So I think that we were all a little bit concerned that that was going to happen. It's good that they got the win. It was abysmal weather. It was so rainy. So it was a sloppy game, but they were able to get it done. So, I mean, saw some things that I'm still concerned about, um, especially had some handoff problems between Alex Mack, the center, and at Ryan. But I think that that can probably be attributed to the weather because it was pouring down rain. Um, you know, still have some concerns about the run defense and just about the team in general. I mean, they haven't looked fully mentally into it the past few weeks, but they certainly did, you know, do enough to get the win. And, and so it was, I, th- I think that they needed that win, you know, to kind of get their heads right again. Well, that was what I remember it was like that especially the Dolphins game, because the Falcons mm-hmm. had a, a big lead and blew it. And that's like, that's got to be bad for a psyche for a team that's, you know, got some demons from last season. That no, huge, they had another lead. That's yeah. putting yeah. it very mildly. Very mildly. Well, yeah, they're at home and they're playing a, a bad Dolphins team and then they, they lose a lead late. And like that's that's going to be tough to overcome mentally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was. And then I think you saw the results of that the next week against the Patriots, which... Patriots are obviously a good team and the defense played better against the Falcons than they've been playing, you know, earlier in the season. But um, you could really see, I mean, they just looked so shook during that game. And so after that Patriots loss, I was like, I don't know, man, like, I don't know if they can even get it together to win another game because, you know, as fans, we're always rational and we always (laughs) think these things through completely and never overreact to anything. So um, I guess. I guess since I was coming at it from that perspective, I was especially happy they beat the Jets because I really thought they might lose out like the rest of the season. <laughs> so what was the big change between the first three games and the last three games before the Jets win? Like the, the 3-0 you know, and the 0-3? If, if you look at those first three games, there's really not a lot of change. I mean, they barely beat the Bears. They barely beat the Lions. 
they barely beat whoever the third team is that they played. Packers. I don't even remember. Yeah. That yeah, Packers they, they beat pretty well. The, I take it back. The Packers, that game was a good game. That was the only game this season where they've really looked like the 2016 Falcons, the ones that went to the Super Bowl. Other than that, every other game this season's been the same. It's been close late. They've had to either fight to keep a win or they've lost a win, you know, at the end of it. And so, except for the Patriots game where they just got beat badly. Um, you know, so the the Packers and Patriots are the only outliers. Every other game was really similar. Just sometimes it bounced their way and sometimes it didn't. Brad, you have anything to add? <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> Thank you for your wonderful input, Brad. Well, okay. my question for her is more about the preview for the game coming up, not the, the review for the game that just happened. Because, honestly, I didn't watch it, so I don't have any questions I have, to ask. I have a, re- a season in review question so far. Is I, Well, I guess I know a little bit, but is the offense pretty much the main thing that's different from last year in terms of their output and their efficiency? Like, I know the red zone the scoring is down and the turnovers are up. Is that basically the, the main thing that's preventing the Falcons from being the same team they were last year? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it comes down primarily to play calling. Obviously, the biggest change this offseason was the departure of Kyle Shanahan, who took the head coaching job in San Francisco and now finally has, like, a real quarterback out there. So it'll be interesting to see what what they do from here on out. But he is, he is really a masterful play caller. He's always two steps ahead of the defense. And I don't think that Steve Sarkeesian is, you know, I think that that's more of a, more of a gift instead of a skill or something that you can develop as an offensive coordinator. And so I think it was going to be a downgrade no matter who that but I also feel like Sark is really out of his element sometimes and he tries to get too cute do not ever call a jet sweep from the one yard line like just don't do it I mean why like why would you do that you wouldn't do that in Madden like 10 year olds playing Madden know not to do that this is hey, the dumbest first thing of I've all, ever seen first of all I used to call the Brandon LaFell jet sweep from the goal line in Madden two years ago and it worked out so don't talk shit I'll talk shit if I want to. Um, I still think it was a bad idea. <laughs> and so anyway, yeah, I think that Sark gets too cute for his own good. I think that he is kind of out of his element. I think he needs more experience. And they hired him knowing he didn't have play calling experience at this level. But here we are. So you mean there's a difference like an offensive coordinator can make a difference? Yeah, productivity. yeah let's, let's talk about that. You're, you're, you're saying mm-hmm. that an offensive coordinator is important. That's what yeah. you're saying. I am, I am saying that uh, definitively. Like, I'm going to go on the record and say yes. So like you could take the same people, the same roster, and mm-hmm. have a different person call plays for them, and the result could be different? Yes. Interesting. That's weird. Hmm. I, I know. That. I know it's a novel concept, but, um, but yes. It makes a big difference. I wish, I, wish we could, I wish we had a way to change our play caller like that. Wish, I wish our offensive coordinator would get a head coaching job somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Someone please take him. Please. Like, we'll help him pack. <laughs> so that was, that was my big thing because I saw it. And because I was writing about, like, our preview for our defense versus the Falcons offense. And I was my thing was, like, you know, the Falcons offense has been pretty anemic on the scoring mm-hmm. side of things. But then their yardage has been good. So it was like, oh, the red zone's bad. The turnovers are bad. So I wonder if that was a play calling thing or just, like, a, a luck Thing, I, th- I think it's it's a little bit of both. You know, last year, um, some of these 
you know, fumbles and things that they've had would bounce their way and they'd end up recovering them. Um, and then that's happening less often this year. Matt Ryan's already matched his interception total from last year through week eight of this season. And that's with a bye. So over seven weeks, he's got six. He's um, yo-yoing because 2014 mm-hmm. or 15, he threw like 14 interceptions in the red zone. Yeah. Four, and yeah. And then last year, six total all season. And he didn't throw one at all until the Lions game. Like, he didn't throw one, I think that it was like, you know, six games or something that he went without any turnovers. And then all of a sudden, he's just a turnover machine. It's like, my guy, you're going in the wrong direction here. <laughs> There's so many parallels between the Panthers two years ago and the Falcons. Like, the, the Panthers 15-16 seasons and the Falcons 16-17 seasons. So oh, far. yeah. I mean, maybe like there is it. something to this whole Super Bowl hangover thing because the Panthers had it last year and shook it off and shook it off this year, I think. And then the Falcons, I think, for sure have it this year. No, we're still hungover. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, honestly, if you read like the Panthers, I'm sure it's, I haven't as much on Panthers Twitter. I'm sure it's the same on Panthers Twitter as it is on CSR. If you just read through the comments, uh-huh. you would think we're a good two and six, three and four, five. Maybe. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's the most, it's the most, like unenjoyable five and three season you can imagine, like the most disappointing five and three season you can imagine. Well, and listen, we're in the same boat over here. Like people are mad and they're so mad. If you try to be honest about what's wrong with this team, they're like, no, you know, you just have to say that they can get better. I'm like, they can't get better. <laughs> but I mean, and then, then other people are like, why are you acting like this is fi-? like wh- beating the jets? Why are you acting like this is fine? I'm like, because it's a win. Like you still have to win games. Yeah. Dude, like, well, Don't you just I, hate I mean, that when people are like that. Like, yeah, and and <laughs> so honestly, like, and especially because I do this full time, like, I would say that's like ninety percent, ninety percent of my professional life is dealing with dealing with comments it, like that. And it's like, great. That's why that's why I'm you, drinking wine right now on this podcast, actually. So everything you say is wrong. Like, you have uh-huh. if you say good things, half of the fans come at you saying, "Why are you being so?" unjustifiably optimistic there's many problems here and you're like all right yeah there are problems and then the other half's back like why do you have such sour grapes yeah why you hate the falcons why are you even right for the falcons go root for some good team yeah yeah it's um it's it's an adventure is all it's the nicest way that i can put it it's an adventure i actually got i got uh asked if i was doing a fan of the panthers today it's like the first time anybody's ever tweeted at me because i made a joke about ben wick ben Ben wickery covering julio jones like you know he's not on the team right yeah. Wow. yeah. That's because Julio killed him. I mean, you know. That's a joke. That doesn't mean that he didn't get lit up for 300 yards last year. <laughs> I know. Julio I, Jones was like, literally ended his goddamn career. Like, yeah, I said, bless his heart. Bless his I was heart. like, my thing was like, here are the keys for the Falcon or the, the Panthers' defense against Falcons. And I said, don't let Ben Aben cover Julio Jones, which I thought was an obvious enough joke that I didn't have to like preface it like, this is a joke. But it went over at least some people's heads, I guess. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's the internet. You can't make a joke, no matter how good it is, without saying, hey, this is a joke, Internet, <laughs> because someone will take you seriously. It doesn't matter what must, you say. I'm going to start putting like a... Baxter got triggered by the Benny Wickery comment. Yeah, he must have. Sorry about that. There's somebody at my door. Um, no. Oh, you're okay. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm making my kids get it, because it's not for me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just happy it's not my dog interrupting the show this time. Yeah, hey, we've got a new dog interrupting us, guys. <laughs> my dog is mad because he was sleeping. So 
So okay, now now you have made a you've made a cameo on a podcast. That's a very fun first experience for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, for the ball name Baxter. <laughs> Baxter, yeah. He also has Yay, a Carolina Panthers colored collar. So. Hey. Ooh, house divided. <laughs> yep. So I guess since we didn't get to address this during the podcast two days ago because it didn't happen, we might as well address it now. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, it's funny. I want to. I just want to say this. It seems like every time we have like a podcast following like a game, something crazy happens. Like the next day, have you guys noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I, it's our fault. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be our fault. No, there's definitely been times where it's like we I, like something comes out and it's like, man, we're not going to record for the two days. Why does this have to happen now? If this happened 12 hours ago, we'd be breaking news over here. Yep. So obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I'm referring to the trade of Kelvin Benjamin for a third round pick and what was it, a seventh round pick? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we traded away Cam's best or I guess the most trusted receiver for a third and seventh round pick. I know there's been a lot of takes over the last few weeks about it. And Gina, I'll get your take on it too, because I know you have words to say. Um, Mm -hmm. Always. I'm going to start with Brad, because he hasn't been particularly talkative, and I don't want him to feel like he's not included. So, Brad, what are your thoughts on this? Thank you. Yeah, no problem, buddy. I'm here for you. Okay. Go ahead. My my take on it is actually complex, and it's more than... I know. I have to scream and shout, I hate this fucking team. Yeah. Um, (laughs) There's good and bad. The good, we saw what the offense can be without Kelvin Benjamin on the team. We we saw a 15 and one team in 2015 where they were the highest scoring team in the NFL. Cam Newton had Ted drops it again as his number one wide receiver. And, you know, it, we've talked about it. Here, we even talked about it last time we recorded. Having Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches on the same roster at the same time is redundant because they're basically the exact same player. You know, they're tall, they have a wide catch radius, and they can't get open downfield. So it it does us no favors to have both of them. And if you're going to trade one, Benjamin is probably the one to trade because A, he is older. B, he has more statistics to entice someone to be willing to trade with you. And also, you know, he only has one more year left on his contract. We we picked up his fifth-year option, and it was going to be like $8 million on the salary cap. So, you know, if you're going to trade somebody, he's the one you need to trade. But I think a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick is a little bit cheap for a guaranteed number one thousand yard receiver that can fit in. Uh, he's probably going to do really well in, in Buffalo. Uh, I, I see he's not playing tonight cause you know, there was really no way they could get him in there after two days, but um, it, it, I think it's going to work out for Buffalo. He's a good player. I just, I don't mind trading Kelvin Benjamin. I just don't like trading Kelvin Benjamin for two draft picks that Marty Herney has notoriously screwed up every time he's tried to to use them. And on on that note, I know you're probably thinking Panthers fan, well, he's only the interim GM. Uh, No, he's not. You know, if if he were the quote interim GM, he wouldn't be doing things like this. And they wouldn't have come out yesterday and said, he's, he's actually going to be here through June 
Uh, so that means he gets to control the draft and free agency. It's just a matter of time before Jerry Richardson lights Bank of America Stadium on fire by taking <laughs> that interim tag off of his name. And I know Gina and the other Falcons fans out there cannot wait for that to happen because it's going to take us and, and it's going to set us back about five years because while Marty Herney is great in the first round, he absolutely sucks afterwards. And getting picks – in, you know, in the third and seventh round for Kelvin Benjamin with our current general manager situation, it would have almost been better to just let him go for free. Eh. Damn, quite the hot take. <laughs> Damn. Is, is, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Go ahead. Go so ahead, I don't mind it. No, no, thanks, man. I don't mind it. Um, it's, it's, it's always, like, you know, frustrating or sad or whatever to see one of your better players leave. But – same thing that everybody else has said. The offense is redundant, and you can't. You could split their snaps, but that does that accomplishes the same thing as just getting rid of one. And if you're gonna, so if you're gonna do that, you might as well do the thing that's going to uh, return you assets. So we have extra cap space and extra draft picks. Which my argument for that is, <clears throat> before the news came out that Herney is gonna until June, is something you would more likely to you'd be more likely to do if you have an interim GM coming in or a new permit GM coming in. Because you want to give them flexibility to pick their players and sign the players they want. Um, as for Benjamin himself, so I don't mind it. I get it. It sucks to lose Benjamin, but I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a wait and see approach. See how the offense goes. Uh, no, I will say no, this. no, 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 no. We don't. If do you're gonna have a complex opinion, I get to wait. <laughs> see, okay? I get to have a complex opinion because <laughs> I'm in charge. Okay, you know, I'm in charge of this. Of this production of this podcast so i'll just yeah fair enough you can, you okay. can mute everything i say so yeah <laughs> yeah anyway um the thing about kelvin benjamin here i'm gonna throw some some numbers at you he is the third worst receiver in the nfl in terms of separation when he when he makes a catch there's two <laughs> worse than him alshon jeffrey and marvin jones alshon Whoa. jeffrey wow i didn't know i'm that. actually more surprised by marvin jones than i'm more surprised by marvin jones too because alshon jeffrey is like kelvin benjamin like deandre hopkins is pretty far down this list too they don't get open but they're so good at the catch point that 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 they don't need to be benjamin theoretically is good at the catch point because he's a big but he's not that good at it anyway tyrod taylor is the fourth least aggressive quarterback in the NFL when it comes to throwing into tight windows. So I don't know how well that's going to fit. Well, he doesn't really Benjamin's... have anybody to throw to, though. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's what I'm have, saying. Is he only throws to people that are wide on open. Jordan Matthews. Well, I'm just saying he's prone to only throwing to people that are wide open. And Kelvin Benjamin never gets wide open. So it's going to be interesting to see if they fit. Um, my last statistical thing about Kelvin Benjamin, I posted this. Here's receivers because he's averaging like 950 yards if you you know extrapolate the season for his career. Uh, here are the people in the last four years that have had 900 yards receiving, just a couple of them: uh, Ruben Randall, Brandon LaFell, Kamar Aiken, Travis Benjamin, Jordan Matthews, Alan Hearns, Gary Barnage, Rashard Matthews, Kenny Britt. So, eh, I'm not concerned about replacing the 900 to 1,000 yards at wide receiver. Well, we, we don't have to worry about that because, you know, we also brought back Brenton Burson. So Yeah, that's going to take yeah, a bill every <laughs> we, we brought back the, the franchise savior. So No, not the franchise saver, the franchise. Just the franchise. Did you guys, speaking of Burson, did you guys see, I saw, I saw it on Twitter today. Somebody put in the, in the legal paperwork 
Yeah, the for his parents' theory. divorce, they moved like <laughs> next door to Jerry Richardson one year before Brenton Burson was born. Oh my <laughs> god, I did see that and I laughed so hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed that too. I will. Gina, say, thoughts? I have to say, Gina. Before I let Gina talk, real quick, I just want to make, let you guys know she is a firm follower of House Burson. So. Yes, of course. Absolutely. Who is it? Brian getting people yeah. from other fan bases in on this. I'm recruiting. <laughs> I'm a hardcore recruiter here. But anyway, Gina, give us your thoughts on the Kelvin Benjamin trade. Well, for one thing, I think that it was all worth it because they brought back your boy. But um, exactly. other than exactly. that, I think I think in the long term, this is not a bad trade for Carolina. I don't know if it makes the most sense right now. I mean, Cam had his best season of, of his career when um, – Kelvin was sidelined with, I forget, ACL tear 2015. Yeah. Was that yeah, it? Yeah, ACL tear. Yeah. Yep. But, but Cam also had Greg Olson on the field. He had a better offensive line. Um, just, you know, in general, it was a better team. And so I, you know, I just don't know that. And I, I get what you're saying about Funches, that they're essentially the same type of receiver. However, what this does now is allow defenses to key in on Funches. And so that's not going to be ideal either. So, I mean, I, I think that short-term, it's probably going to be detrimental. I think long-term, I get why they did it, and I think that it's okay. I just don't know that the timing is great. And so that's, you know, I guess that's my main quarrel with it. I'm not really yeah, that's quarrel a, that's... Because, because, because I hope that y'all suck, actually. But, yeah, um... <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Uh, you bring up a good point about the timing. The main reason I'm optimistic about this trade is because yeah. – you bring up a good point about the timing, though. It's odd that a 5-3 and three team that's actually, quote-unquote, in the hunt would mm-hmm. trade their number one wide receiver in the middle of the year. I, I yeah. could understand it if we were 2-6, and 1-7, and 0-8, oh something like that. But, you know, uh, it, it's been a running joke here. I've, I've asked, you know, why can't we be in the hunt? Because mm-hmm. it, you know this because you're a Falcons fan. The Panthers are, are either – you know, 10 and one and dominating everyone, or we're looking at the top three picks in the draft, mm-hmm. you know, year in and year out. We're, we're never like nine and seven. And I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago that I wish we could just be that one time. Just, I want to write stories about the playoff picture. You know, I, I never get to do that. I only get to write, well, you know, we're, we got to have home field advantage or who do you want to pick second? <laughs> and I, I want to write, well, if this team loses and that team wins, the Panthers are the third seed. But if this team wins and that team wins, the Panthers are the fourth seed. You know, I want mm-hmm. those. And we're finally getting it. And then the Panthers have to go and trade their number one wide receiver and probably ruin it for me. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah, bless me. <laughs> I, I really believe this is a calculated effort to make my life miserable. And I believe that, that, that's that's what I believe about all sports franchises and their yes. fans. I, I believe that that's pri- their their primary purpose and maybe that's because I am a Falcon slash Ohio State Buckeyes slash Cavs fan and I've had a very difficult sports year. But, oh, well, um, let, okay. Oh, so um, difficult. Oh, yeah, yeah. This year's been difficult. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm a Panthers fan. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm a South Carolina Gamecocks fan. I'm an Atlanta United fan. So I don't know why I still do this. Like, I, I can't <laughs> come up with any good reason 
why I haven't just pulled the car over into the bridge abutment by now. Because yeah, I, I, sports I, I, I'm hate right me. There with you. Sports are bad. Sports are Sports are terrible. Bad. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Also, I'm a Braves fan, so I didn't even mention the Braves because they were so shitty this past year. They yeah, like, they're un- like, literally yeah, unwatchable. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Oh, and I'm a Hornets fan too, so you know. Oh my. Oh I get goodness. to you know I get to watch a team not make the playoffs or get beat in the first round every year. You get to watch Frank Kaminsky dunk on Giannis Antetokounmpo. That was awesome. <laughs> and and Malik Monk score eighteen points a quarter. It's not all bad. Yeah, it's not all bad yet. It's mostly bad. <laughs> okay. It's mostly mediocre. Sports sometimes bad. Sports are mostly bad. Sports are mostly bad. <laughs> Which is why we always stick to sports, right, Gina? That is why we always stick to sports, because they're terrible. Yep. All right, so um, <clears throat> let's uh, go ahead and get into the uh, Falcons-Panthers matchup, I guess, since we already discussed the, uh, the train wreck of a trade that was Kelvin Benjamin. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's your opinion. That's, yeah. That is my opinion. I didn't share. It's not a train wreck. It's more like a fender mender. You still gotta, you still, you still gotta call your insurance company. You still have to call your insurance company and pay, you know, a higher premium. But nobody died, and it it didn't make the news. That's, I think that that's a very apt description. Way to, way to blindly walk into that one, Brett. Yeah. All right. You made a great description (laughs) for once. Great job. Yes. I'm going to write that down and frame it on my wall. (laughs) Episode 18, I made a fun. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. All right. So the Panthers face the Falcons this weekend. Um, Both teams are kind of still trying to figure themselves out in some ways. Um, The Falcons defense is – the Falcons defense, really the Panthers defense has been pretty consistent over the last few weeks at least – in my opinion, but I may be wrong. Um, so, what are our thoughts on the Panthers' offense versus the Panthers' defense? I'll start with uh, John. It'll be weird to, for the Panthers' offense to face the Panthers' defense. That'd be, yeah. that'd be fun, I guess. Offense we, versus... we talking about we talking about practice? <laughs> we, are we breaking down practice or practice? <laughs> well, we're talking about practice. <laughs> now, Panthers' offense versus Falcons' defense. John, I'll give that to you. Just usually do. Actually, you usually the other way around. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, I'm gonna give it to anyway because you're on this podcast. We have to talk. So I have to. Yeah. I I guess so. Well, um, I had a question about it. If you want me to take it. All right. Go, go. ahead, Fred. Go ahead. Uh, well, Gina, you said earlier that the Falcons are struggling defending the run. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if the Falcons are struggling defending the run and the Panthers cannot run the football, literally cannot run the football, what's going to happen on Sunday? I don't know, man. That's a paradox. Like, like uh, which which <laughs> which team is gonna like break that chain? Because right now we're averaging. If you take out Cam Newton's runs, which mm-hmm. why would you? But if you took out Cam Newton, we're averaging like two point four yards per carry, and that's no matter Woo! if it's Jonathan Stewart, Chris McCaffrey, Fozzie Whitaker, Cameron Artis Payne. Uh, uh, whoever our fullback, Alex Arma, you know, it it doesn't matter who you give the ball to. They're gonna, it's gonna be handoff, run up the middle, two yards, tackled. That's it. 
And to just to, to illustrate how bad our run game is, Cameron out of Spain had an 11 yard carry um, last week, and it was like the talk of Cat Scratch Reader. Yeah. For like a day. <laughs> like, oh my we, goodness. We literally had people saying One, that we should replace Jonathan Stewart with Cameron Artis Payne because he he gained 11 yards on one play. One time. One, one time. time. Oh. oh my goodness. McCaffrey and Stewart are combined, are uh, together averaged 2.8 yards per carry. 2.8, wow. not 2.4. I actually shortchanged him, if that's even possible. Um, <laughs> one of the problems that we have, and I don't know how many Panthers games you've watched, but one of the problems we have, we like to run the just hand it to Jonathan Stewart on first down play, and it gains anywhere from negative two to positive two yards every mm-hmm. single time. And how then old we, is Stewart now? Is he like, I mean, he's, he's like... I think he's, Pushing thirty, he's either twenty nine or thirty. I want to say. Oh, he's. I'm pretty no, sure he's, he's like seventy. He's a. He's his, thirty. His he's, ankles and feet are like eighty, but he his the rest <laughs> of his body is only thirty. Okay. Um, but we also like to run the play where we do the toss sweeps and all that to him mm-hmm. instead of Christian McCaffrey. Which and is we, odd. Because it's very odd. That's a good word for it. Odd. And I then would, we. I would always run those with McCaffrey or Curtis Samuel over. Yeah. And when we tried it with Curtis old. Samuel and he fumbled it and the Bears returned it for a 75-yard touchdown. Oh, so yeah, we haven't done that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'd block that out because, of course, he is a Buckeye. So I, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I have a high tolerance for their mistakes at the next level. <laughs> But what what exactly about the the Falcons' defense are they struck? Why are they struggling to defend the run? And do you think that the Carolina offense, quote unquote, attack is what they need to get their defense back on track? I think that it could help, but and I think that if any Falcons fans are listening to this, they'll know where I'm coming from. The Falcons also have a tendency to make players look a lot better than they are so you know this could go one of two ways this could be you know sort of a renaissance game for the falcons run defense where they actually stop the run because the panthers can't run and then everyone's like wow maybe they're not as bad against the run as i thought and then you're like slow down panthers are terrible their run game is terrible but then the other thing that could happen is panthers could run all over them (laughs) and then Falcons yeah, fans will just I would, be like, uh, I wouldn't put money on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I've been watching this team for a long time. Like, that is kind of a hallmark of this Falcons team. So, it could really go either way. There's not going to be any in between. It's not going to be like an average game from either side, I don't think. It's either going to be the Falcons will shut it down all the way or the Panthers run all over them. Nothing in between. Something's got to give, right? Yeah. Is that – is the run defense – is it because – because you guys have had, like, is it been two years in a row where you took um, Tat McKinley and Vic Beasley, or is it two out of three years? Two out of three years. Vic Beasley was 2015, and then Tack was this year. Tack, you know, missed a lot of the offseason because of um, offseason. Shoulder surgery, had a torn labrum. He is still kind of getting up to speed. They've got some run thumpers in the middle. Courtney Upshaw was out for a while with a high ankle sprain, but he's good against the run. And then Grady Jarrett's actually great against the run. Um, defensive tackle out of, he was a fifth round pick out of Clemson, same year that Vic came out. They were teammates. Um, so Grady's been great against the run. He's also the guy who had three sacks against um, against Tom Brady in Super Bowl 51. So um, anyway, so they have some guys who can stop the run, but like as a whole, 
I think that eight of 11 starters are have under three years of experience. And I think that it's youth and an experience and a lack of discipline. That's why they don't stop the run. Okay, because I just said you had, like, Vic Beasley playing as, like, a defensive end last year. Mm-hmm. And Tat McKinley was drafted to be a defensive end. And they're both, like, smaller than our linebackers. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if that was uh, affecting the run because they're just getting pushed around too much. Ah, uh, you know, Vic is, Vic's actually gotten better against the run. He's playing more in that Leo role and, and Dan mm-hmm. Quinn's defense. Um, Tack is actually a lot bigger than Vic. Like, Vic is, is slender. He? Tack is big. I'd say Tack is much closer to a normal defensive end size, just from eyeballing it. And I'm a small person. I'm like 5'2", like 115 pounds. So all these guys look pretty big to me. But Tack is big. Like, Tack is big. Yeah, he's, I was just looking at their height and weight. He is big than Beasley. He's yeah. still undersized, but he's not, like, woefully undersized like Beasley who's playing defensive end that's, like, 185 pounds. Right, 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 right. Uh, is that is anybody any anything else on the, that side of the ball, Brad? I'm good. I think, no, pretty much covered. I, think, what I wanted to know. Yeah, I think I was gonna I was gonna ask about that with the run defensive. It was because you guys are small. Um, what you want to do next, Brian? Talk about our offense. That yeah. that seems like the best route. So yeah, obviously. Are there offense? Panthers offense, or well, I should say, goddamn it, um, <laughs> Falcons offense versus uh Panthers defense, which. Definitely the strength of the Panthers unit is the defense, specifically the front seven. So, um, Brad, do you want to – well, actually, I'll start – no, I'll start with Gina because we've all – I've started with both of you two before. So, Gina, what's uh, – what What are you looking at as far as uh, the Falcons' offense and the Panthers' defense? What's going to be the key to the game there? You know, I think that my main question is what the hell are y'all feeding Julius Peppers? Like, how is he this good? He's like, <laughs> steroids. He's like yeah, it old. probably is steroids, but we're feeding ghost peppers. There you go. Um, I mean, it's, I've been, I think two of my favorite players, like non Falcons in the league right now, are Peppers and then Thomas Davis. Like, who breaks their arm in the NFC Championship game and then plays in the Super Bowl? Thomas Davis. He's, pretty much the only person who would do it. And so, I, you know, Keekly is healthy. Keekly is a force, um, you know, arguably the best linebacker in the league. Um, that's defense. The secondary is better than they were last year. Nobody's given up 300 yards to Julio Jones this year. I mean, it's just not going to happen. That we know of. That we yeah, know of. That, yeah, I suspect that nobody will. Um, so, no, I mean, this defense, you know, especially as inconsistent as the Falcons' offense has been, and with this pass rush that y'all have, like, I, this this matchup concerns me greatly. One thing I don't know is how, how are they against the run? They're mostly good. We're mostly yeah. good. We have moments where we look like the the 85 Bears, and then we have other moments where we look like, you know, we could find 11 random guys and probably do a better job. Mm-hmm. Like, we held Shady McCoy to, like, 13 yards uh, in, in the second week of the year, but you know, we we let New Orleans carve us up on the ground like the See, very next is, week. So it's this inconsistent. This is really where this is really where the Falcons and Panthers have one thing. Yeah, I feel it's, it's feel kind your of like, pain. Okay, it's like a drive by drive thing. It seems like because it'll be like we'll have a game. It just seems like every game we'll stuff you know like eight, nine, ten straight runs for like no more than three or four yards, and then all of a sudden. Uh, team will have a drive like the Bucks did last week. And Martin will come in and just hit like three or four straight like eight yard carries out of nowhere. And then after that, 
they like lock back down and, and shut everything down. So it's just kind of like all of a sudden we'll get these little spurts of big runs and then we'll go back to stuffing everything. My my question is is Julio jo how's Julio Jones been this year? Like his numbers, he's he's got one touchdown. Everything else just seems kind of human. Yeah, I mean, it's mainly that, um, you know, last year the strength of this offense was that Ryan was able to spread it around. And, again, this is the thing that Kyle Shanahan was really good at, putting his guys in, in matchups to succeed. The, the issue with Julio is that when Ryan can't hit these other receivers, when these guys are, you know, dropping the ball or, you know, they're not, like, if they're out of sync, the chemistry isn't quite there, then people can dedicate enough resources to take Julio out of the equation. So if he's got a corner, a safety, and the linebacker on him, and Ryan can't hit another open guy, then that's no good. And that's mostly what's happening. Is he been used differently? He's not really being used differently. I mean, this happened last year. It's just that people also, uh, defenses also had to worry about Taylor Gabriel, who has, you know, game-breaking speed. But Gabriel's been terrible this year. I just don't think that Sark knows how to use him. Um, people had to also worry about Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman out of the backfield as receivers. They're hardly doing that this year. Like, I don't know why. I mean, those guys both are playmakers. I don't, I don't know. I get so frustrated talking about this offense this year. Like, I'm just like, why do you do this? Why do you do this? Um, so welcome. yeah, that's welcome do. to our world. Yeah. 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 I know you guys do. So, so yeah. And then like, you know, guys are dropping the ball. You know, Ryan looks unsettled. I don't know. It's just all, it's just all stupid. Sports are bad. I'm just going to reiterate. Sports are bad. <laughs> don't, don't try like sports kids. Not even once. <laughs> well, that was, that was, I came across, I was like writing about like what the Panthers defense, I think needs to watch out for on Sunday. And one of the things I started to write about was Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman as pass catchers. And then I went to like pull up their stats to justify my opinion. And I was like, oh, Devontae Freeman's averaging like one catch a game. So yeah, I, I mean, never they used to really factor them in, and now they're not, and I don't know why. Like, Devontae has better vision than anybody I've seen. He's always been a really reliable receiver. So if you get him the ball, he can find a hole and get in space. And if he gets in space, he's gone. Tim Pullman has ridiculous straight-line speed, and he's also a really tough runner. So he will make a hole, you know? Um, yeah. So – Anyway, I don't know why they're not using them more. Um, Austin Hooper has taken a little bit of a step forward, but he's also had some really big mistakes here and there. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, I don't know, just it's very different. Last year this offense was so much fun to watch, and this year it's just like, ugh, it's a chore sometimes to watch it. <laughs> it makes me Are you so angry. <laughs> Are you throwing deep as much? Because, I mean, it seemed like last year no. like every other throw Matt Ryan was just – hucking it to Julio Jones and letting them make a play on it. Well, and no, and no, they're not. And part of that is because, you know, they can't. I mean, he doesn't – they used to send more than one guy deep. And then defenses had to account for Julio and Taylor and, you know, whoever else, whether it was um, Aldrick Robinson or, you know, whoever else went deep. And then they – like, they don't do that. I don't know. They, it's just – they <laughs> said they were keeping the offense the same – but the problem is you really can't. Like, you really can't if you change coordinators. No, you can't. Yeah. And then I think that there may be another wrinkle here, and it may be that people, you know, that teams have adapted to what they did last year. So the elements that are the same teams are better prepared for. And that's another, that could be another factor. That's such, like, a, a BS, like, team uh, PR thing to say. 
Hey guys, don't worry. Everything's going to be the exact same as last year. We promise. As we have a completely new guy, never been here calling our plays yeah, and who's never and called, our never called plays at the pro level. Like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be yeah. exactly the same. Thanks. I gotta, Thanks for your. I input. can understand that. Yeah, if you like promote like the quarterbacks coach or something, which is or which is that's already which is what team. I wish that they had done, but mm-hmm. that's just between us. Yeah, that's what we did. That's what we're going to do again when Mike Shula's finally gone. You all know that Ken Dorsey's getting the job. I mean, it's we're not going to go hire someone outside the organization. We're just going to keep recycling people in the same failed factory of mediocrity. That sounds so depressing. Wow. Well, I was going to say factory of sadness, but Cleveland owns that, so I couldn't Yeah, I, th- I think it's trademarked, actually. Yeah, it is. That'd be so funny if they wouldn't like, actually file for a trademark on that. I would, I would, they'd become my second favorite team instantly. They just embraced it. <laughs> most of like, most hang signs up around the stadium. Have. Well, <laughs> I, I, think they, I think they're pretty much have embraced it, considering that yesterday, or the day before yesterday, they were celebrating the fact that they were almost going to trade for A.J. McCarron. And they celebrated so much that they didn't turn the paperwork in and couldn't get the guy. So I think they know that they're terrible. They have to. Oh, man. I see people say it's like, best move Cleveland's made in years is not filing the paperwork to trade for A.J. McCarron. Exactly. (laughs) You're 0-8. What is he going to do? I mean... Get your eight, eight. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Oh, oh Jesus. <clears throat> <laughs> Poor Browns fans. Yeah. We yeah. think we have a bad. We just need to look at the Browns. You just look at the. You just look at the Browns. You're like, oh, bless their hearts. Like, they're trying. They're trying. They're they're failing. Are they? Are they? Are they trying? <laughs> because they're trying to get the number one pick in the draft. Well, they're they're about to do it. I think. Um, yeah. Now, I, now that the Niners I, have an actual quarterback, I think that it's probably all I, all the Browns again. I do think they're going in the right direction, though, because they have a lot of talent. And they then do. They and have that's a quarterback the, that's that the turns the ball over. They, they're actually, quote-unquote, decent. They just need, you know, like three players, and mm-hmm. it, it just happens to be the most important three players on the team. You know, they need mm-hmm. a quarterback. They, they need, need a wide somebody receiver. other than Kenny Britt. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they need, Josh yeah, Gordon. They need someone other than Kenny Britt. I mean, maybe Josh Gordon will be okay, but I mean, he's been out of the league since 2014. I'm not optimistic. Yeah, yeah 2014. That's yeah. um, I would love to see. I, I just want Josh Gordon back just for the entertainment value of it because he's so his, good. Like, two hundred or his like his like 500 yards in two games stretch. I just want. I want to see that. Again. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I I hope he's good for the Browns' sake. I'm from Ohio, and so I have a lot of friends and family who are Browns fans. And I how'd, I how'd you end up a Falcons fan? Um, I was never a pro football fan because my choices were the Browns and the Bengals. That makes and, sense. And so <laughs> I was. Good, I was just, good logic. I, I was just an Ohio State fan. Then I moved down here, and Vic was the quarterback, and he was really exciting to watch. And so. I started following the Falcons in 2005, which means I lived through 2007, which was the year that Vic went to jail and Bobby Petrino left like under cover of darkness to take the Arkansas job. (laughs) And then I was here like through the bad Mike Smith years, obviously. And then, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've had my fanhood tested. Like I, it has not been an easy road, even though it's been a brief amount of time, but yeah, that's, that's how I moved down here. 
I missed Ohio State football. My ex-husband was like, you should check out the Falcons. Michael Vick's really fun to watch. So I did and um, fell in love with this damn team. I've regretted it so many times, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> well, I'm sure as Panthers fans, we can all agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's all I've ever known, though, so I can't complain. All right. So I just feel feel bad. Like my mom is like a born and raised a Packers fan, and then just like slowly transitioned to a Panthers fan once the team came here. And that's like, oh, you left so many consistent good years behind. Yeah, my ex husband is a Packers fan, and he's like, no thanks. I'm just gonna keep being Packers fan. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna keep going, hopping from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback with zero years in between. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's totally. Just like it everybody seems, else. Seems, seems like a good strategy. All right, go ahead, Brian. What were you gonna say? I was just going to get to the wrap up of the podcast because we've been on here for almost an hour. Um, so let me get the final score predictions. I'll start with Brad. Brad, what do you see the final score prediction being for Atlanta? Um, well, I think that this is going to probably be a closer game than than <laughs> it normally is. I, I don't see either team blowing out the other. Um, I, I'm still curious about that. Pan- uh, Panthers can't run the ball. Falcons can't stop the run. So. Um, I'm going to say that the Panthers are going to eke out a win, you know, 20 to 16, and I'm going to feel worse about it than I do today. <laughs> like, they're going to win, but it's they're going to make me angry, like like they did last week. <laughs> the most the most pessimistic, optimistic take. I love it. Um, I'm going to be optimistic for a win. It's going to happen exactly how I think it's going to happen, and I'm going to feel awful about yep. it. Yep. That's how it happened last week against Tampa Bay. All right, John. What's your uh, what's your score projection? Um, well, I have no idea. Because great, great, every, great, I think great been, take. I, thank you. <laughs> well, if you let me elaborate, <laughs> I feel like everything I've said this year has been so far off because the Panthers do nothing that we expect them to do. But um, I don't know. Nineteen to ten, Panthers. Damn. 19 is a lot of field goals. We're not going to get the ball that close. Season. I mean, that's never mind. We'll get a like safety. 17 to 10. <laughs> 17 to 10. All right. 17 to 10. Gina, what's your prediction? I'm already on the record on the Falcoholic podcast. 27-24 Falcons. Oh, man. We're gonna I, see some I, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, it's – Go for some touchdowns. It's entirely possible that the Falcons win by three and or score 27 points. I just don't see Carolina scoring 24. That's <laughs> – I don't see that happening. We couldn't even score 24 against Tampa Bay last week. So and they were like they were the, like the worst defense we've played league. all year. That's a like, – that's that, the way I see it. defense for you. <laughs> The way I see it is, like, the, the range of Panthers' scores is anywhere from, like, maybe 3 to 17, you know, pretty narrow, or, like, 10 to 17, narrow range. And then the Falcons' range of scores is, like, 3 to 42. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's accurate. So, so I'm just going to hope that the Panthers keep the Falcons on the low side of theirs because we know what the Panthers are going to do. So my score projection is 23 to 13 Falcons simply because I think their offense is – a lot better than the Panthers is. So traitor, you're just trying to impress. Yes, traitor. I also have been picking against the Panthers every week since they've lost the Bears. So 
So two games. So yeah, two games. You gotta, yeah. you gotta do what works. <laughs> I picked against the Falcons for most of last year because it was working. I maybe swear, maybe I... that's my mistake this year. Maybe uh, maybe this is all my fault. Probably. I yeah. swore in my pick'em pool after the loss of the Bears that I was going to pick against the Panthers literally every week for the rest of the year, and I'm still doing that. So I think the Panthers will lose this game because the Falcons are a more complete team. So that's where I'm at. That's fair enough. So, getting towards the end here. Um, Gene, I'll give you a, ch- a chance to plug yourself and your blog. Um, okay. Anything, anything coming around the uh, the bend that we should know about? And obviously throw out your Twitter tag. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. It's J-E-A-N-N-A because my parents are weird. Um, I am typically not sticking to sports, like, but, so I mean, just like know that going into it, but I also do tweet a lot about sports, like probably more than I should. Um, and I, I write full time for SB Nation. I cover the for SB Nation. And so sometimes I write about your team. So you might actually want to check out my stuff at SBNation.com and, um, you can always find me at thefalcoholic.com. I am the co-host of the podcast there. And, um, hey, there's my dog again. <laughs> um, triggered. Triggered. Yeah, my dog, my dog is super triggered right now. Um, and so, yeah, you can find my work over there, too. Like, come visit come visit over there and say hello and talk to the enemy. And, um, you know, I'm sure there would be a lot of fun trash talks and some really lovely Super Bowl jokes, I'm quite sure will will happen if y'all stop by over there. So yeah, that's it. I'm sure that's not gonna I'm sure that will go Yeah, well. it always does anytime <laughs> any of us ever go over there. <laughs> or anybody comes over to us. Yeah, I actually we, 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 I, we tend to be like I avoid going to the Falcohol. Well, I read your stuff, yours and Dave's and your um all your guys. I read your stuff, you know, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But I don't read the comments because anytime one of our people go over there, it is like cringeworthy embarrassment, and I feel ashamed to be associated with Cat Scratch Reader. You and, know, I, I've been doing this long enough that I just don't read the comments. I just don't read the comments ever, ever. I'm anywhere. getting to that point. I'm getting to that point. They, they've almost that's, broken me completely. That's not to say I hope people keep commenting because I think that the I think that the the nice thing about SB Nation's sites, especially the team brands, is, you know, it's it's a community and it's a great place for people to talk about their team. I just don't I just don't have to see it. <laughs> I, just don't, yeah. I just don't have to see it. That's it. <laughs> the, thing that, the thing that gets me is that whenever somebody comes over from another team, no matter what they come over to say, and it's on this on every site the users of the site that's being visited turn into like a bunch of rabid dogs yes. running that's people all they're insulting. Very it's consistent. Terrible. That's it's very terrible. consistent. Some, like some somebody came over, I think somebody came over from the Falcons blog from your guys site and made a gave a nice, fair, honest assessment of the Kelvin Benjamin trade and had people like, Fuck you get off the site. Yeah, call him the skull shit. He's saying the same thing as everybody else and yeah, he just he just likes a different football team. He's saying he has the same opinion as you. I mean, they could come over and say stuff like, you know, I like Cam Newton and I think he should have been MVP in 2015 and they'll still get the same. Get the fuck off of our site. You know, it's like you don't have to be that way. I mean, it's 
Now, if they come over with the intent of starting the shitstorm, that's one thing. That's, but, that's totally different. That's totally yeah, different. Yeah, but and, just and because they have a Falcon logo in their avatar doesn't mean you have to treat them like garbage. I mean, Well, I will say, like, our moderators, we have two moderators on our site, and I think that they do a really good job of trying to tone that down. Um, but, you know, still, commenters are... Are unpredictable. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to. Uh, hard to control them. So what can you do except for don't read the comments? <laughs> I read them. They pass the time at work. <laughs> I, I try. To, I only read like one or two threads a day, but I. Yeah, I tend to do that uh, too. Like I, I read our daily open thread because there's always random shit in there. But um, I also. I try to glance at comments of something I wrote because I'm a, a wreck whore and I hope that people will, you know, <laughs> say nice things about me. Um, so I look for that. But, you know, I I, I tend to kind of try to stay away from stuff. But I read every single word of that Kelvin Benjamin comment thread because there was so oh, like much good stuff in it. I try to read all the comments on the stuff that I write just in case people give me feedback on stuff because I do actually want to, like... Yeah, that's what group, I'm saying. I probably shouldn't advice, have said what I did, but, yeah. but, you know, I... <laughs> and I didn't mean anything by that, by the way, Gina. I'm sorry. But, no, you're fine. Um, but, you know, I, I like reading what I... Comments of what I wrote to see if anybody has any, you know, quote-unquote feedback. And usually it's feedback like, why did you write this? And I get mad, and then I get in an argument with them, and then I, I'm like, why did I read this? And, um, why did you include yeah, Oh, God. <laughs> I've been doing this since 2011, and I would say probably, you know, I, there. I, if I had to guess, I mean, I would put it in comments on things I've written probably in the, you know, 80,000 comment range over that time span, everything I've written. And remember, I do this full time. So mm -hmm. I would say probably 95% of those are people like, why did you, like, why did you even write this? Why did you even write this? Are you, do you even like this team? Like stuff like that. And it's just like, I don't have time for this. You guys. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I lack both time and I'm sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> so you guys <clears throat> so you guys got anything else to add as far as uh, Panther Stockings this weekend uh, I think I'm all I'm all talked out you're yeah. all talked out yeah I pretty yeah. much covered everything I wanted to cover alright well uh, Gina thank you for coming on to talk to us I really appreciate it and, thank uh, you for having me yeah I'm sure we'll talk soon as far as uh, next time Panthers play on Falcoholic and Cast Scratch Reader. So um, thank you, John and Brad, for coming on to talk as we always do. You're I kind of hate, I, I really hate you guys for that intro, but you know. Oh, you love us and you know it. That, that <laughs> intro was funny as hell, actually. It was. Because that was great. Yeah, Don't I worry. I was like, do they have the new intro? Like, what? Like, what? What is going on here? <laughs> Brian, I want you to know, I had nothing to do with this. Uh huh. Uh, I, I didn't get to hear you guys' reactions. I'm looking forward to it because I didn't have the headset on. Because <laughs> Brian, I was like, Brian's like, all right, I'm gonna give us a couple seconds of silence. And, and oh, then and then he goes because go, I, I like, heard you, and when I heard the microphone shuffling, I knew what was gonna happen. And he goes, yeah. "That's not silence." And I'm like, "Oh shit, it's oh, about to get that. real." <laughs> but it took everything I yeah, had not it, to laugh while she was doing it. That 
That was the hardest thing. I told her not to. I, I was like, I said that. I was like, Brad might laugh. <laughs> you can't laugh. Brad laughs. You just have to go. You just have to. You have to push through. I actually <laughs> muted my mic for a few seconds because I knew I was going to bust that laughing. <laughs> Don't worry, my revenge is coming. I have. I have a plan. So. Oh boy. Don't worry. But. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for joining us for the shenanigans of the Fourth and Short podcasts prior to the Falcons Panthers game. We'll talk to you next week. You guys have a good night, and uh, hopefully the Panthers win. Hopefully Later. not. Hey, you're wrong, Gina. <laughs> Bye, guys.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.